twos. I love one number seven. Eight. Uh, four number four. So g'day everyone. Welcome to an Insight NBA special. If you wonder why we're laughing, I'm re-recording this intro because coming to join me on today's show with two very good mates of mine, two legend Insight NBA analysts, Mick Dell and our boy Matrix. This is Sunday afternoon. We've got some drinks in hand. This is a fantasy special halftime report show. We're going to go over the first half of the NBA fantasy season. It's all coming up and a whole bunch of player awards and gear straight up after this. Welcome to the ultimate super coach and fantasy sports show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Yes, indeed, you are. And to my left or right or up or down, whichever way you're looking at the screen, cracking the drinks, is the big horse himself, one. Super coach, big horse, Mick Dell. How are you, mate? Going well, brother. Happy to be back talking some NBA. Let's get it on. Yeah, mate. And obviously, this guy here is oh, ready, ready to right enter here. the matrix. Or he may enter you if you ask nicely. How are you, mate? Well, I don't know about that, but um, <laughs> look, excited to talk about some NBL, uh, NBA. Sorry, I've been covering a lot of the NBL stuff at the moment. So, um, yeah, good, good to talk uh, American hoops. Yeah, man. Look, we're uh, we're we're just over the tipping point of the halfway seasons. I'm happy with mine and some. I'm unhappy with mine and others. Injury rattled season, boys. What's been like? Just before we get to the news bit, who's been your most? I haven't. This is an off the cuff question, actually. Who's just been your most fun player to own, or who's been your most frustrating, fun or frustrating? I guess you could say to start the season, Mick. My boy Scotty Barnes. He's been yeah. You've loved him so far. Yep. I think I think he'll be mentioned in today's show quite a bit. To be fair, Maddie, who's been your most uh, fun or frustrating one? I think it's been both fun and frustrating being a Dennis Schroeder owner. Dennis Schroeder owner? Can you say that three times fast? By any Dennis Schroeder owner, you Dennis dropped- Schroeder owner, Dennis Schroeder owner, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> You just dropped him in a league this week for you. From someone who was a big, like I saw when you dropped him, how long did you go back and forth in your head before you actually pulled the trigger on that? Well, um, not very long in that league, but the fact that I had him in six leagues uh, made it a little bit easier to let him go in one. <laughs> Yeah, I guess you can hold on for so long. Look, we're going to go through some questions today. We're going to obviously go over major storylines of the first half of the NBA fantasy season, which obviously is the NBA season. We've got some player awards. Uh, I'll lead off with my one with this one. So my the NBA update is my favorite storyline of the day. The NBA has reactivated Draymond Green. So he's coming back, and I think this has been one of my most interesting storylines of the year has been Draymond Green. So they've reinstated him in the NBA as of today. He's basically served a 12-game suspension. The timing is so weird. Like yesterday, the fractured hand immediately to Chris Paul. If there was any time that he should have been like needed, this is this is the time for Chris Paul like being injured for him to come back. But it's just been a frustrating season. We had obviously the bunch of punch up with Nurk and everything this year. But it's also on the back of last year, guys, with Jordan Poole. Uh Mickey Dell, what's what do you think's been going on here? If you're an owner of Draymond Green, how would you feel this season? Yeah, pretty frustrated. He's been out more than what he's been playing, but even if you've held him for as long as you have, I'm not guaranteeing you that you're going to get your basic Draymond Green strats stats moving forward. I think they're going to prioritize your Kamingas, your Podziemskis, your Moody's when he gets back. Chris Paul's gone, so 
look, I'm going to give it a big shout out now. I think you'll find that he very may well be traded by the trade deadline. Yeah, there's been there's been whispers of that for a while. It's Maddie, do you think that would just really be the end of what it is in Golden State if Draymond moves? Honestly, I don't see anyone trading for him. That's the fucked up thing. Like, I am looking at what he gives, and it's great. But I think his value starts and stops on the Golden State Warriors. They're almost with the um, with the way that Curry plays off ball, with the way that Clay shoots, with the way that um, some of their other guys play. Um, even the fact that they play without a genuine big a lot of the time. I don't know if Draymond's Green va- Draymond Green's value is worth anything to anyone except the Golden State Warriors. So unless they're paying people two first-round picks to take Draymond Green and Chris Paul, I can't see it happening. Yeah, and that's always the thing as well. It's like this championship pedigree, this championship pedigree. Also champions, like whatever it is, the blokes had a lot going on. Like there's just been, this has been two years now of anger management issues, like to the nth degree for him. So I hope he's had this tight downtime. The most alarming thing for me was that he wasn't with the team. Like he had the option to be around the team, to be with his mates, his colleagues, and to have some more support. And he chose to be away from them, which I thought was the most interesting dynamic of that whole thing. But that's been my most interesting storyline is what's going to happen in Golden State. And if this truly is the end of the line, because the implications as well, we've had Moody and Kaminga now both come out in the last 48 hours and say that they're frustrated with their roles. They want to be bloody shipped off. Chris Paul's hand goes, and then Steve, Steve Kerr's backed into a corner after the game to be like, oh, I want to play Moses more, just after he's shit on the bloke a little bit. So it's, it's look, light years ahead or... Like, done. It's it's very soon. Mick, what's been your most interesting storyline to begin the NBA season? My most interesting storyline is the lack of production out of Jordan Poole. He has been shithouse. So coming from someone who was projected top 30 value at the start of the year to be outside of 120 at the moment, he's just so isocentric. Washington have no real pieces around him. He's aim- unable to get anything going as evidenced by his 2.2 assist what was it, 10-minute game that he had the other day. So you, you see him dropping out of teams even and being dropped to the waiver wire in 12-team formats. He really needs to turn this around to save his season, doesn't he? His career. Yeah, he does. His career. His career even, yeah. 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 Maddie, you've you've been a big advocate of – like you you were a big advocate at the beginning of the season, like we like the upside. And then you were one of the first blokes. I remember on our pod you just said, like, how shit has he been? <laughs> like you yep. were just – yeah, and, like, it's just from watching him too. Like, the Wizards have been disappointing in general. Like, we expected a world where, like, I'd watched a lot of Tyce Jones in my in my uh, years of watching yeah. basketball. Yeah. And, like, I expected him to be this ball handler and facilitate and make sure that Poole was open. Then you were playing this, like, Kuzma point role. Yeah, and Jordan Poole was just yuck. His shot selection was terrible people know that he can light it up so he was always guarded by a good defender whereas with the warriors i think you'll find like the good defenders were on other guys so suddenly he was getting defended by the third or the fourth best defender and now they're defending jordan Poole, and he can't hack it do you do you know what this reminds me of mr g whiz do you remember when Eddie Curry got a big contract to go to New York? Oh, yeah. And then yeah, was yeah. shit out and then was sat on that big contract for years. They eventually yeah. paid him out, didn't find another home. This is going along yeah. that similar path where think, he may be sitting so. soon and then he's going to be on the move. He's going to be a trade piece for one, two teams, you know, and then 
If he doesn't figure it out, he's done. He was the fantasy darling a couple of years ago off the waiver wire when Steph went out, and then he had those games. But again, you know, yeah, Clay was out of the team there. There was he had his moment, and we do see these guys who burn bright for short times. But then his was always a value, I think, added asset being the six man in Golden State. Because again, Maddie hit it on the nail on the head. Really, like he was going up against the second, like second rate defenders, because the best defender is always going to be on Steph Curry or Clay Thompson or someone else on the team, hundred percent of the time. And then he gets rolled out there as a six man. So he never generally had to match up last season against their best defender. And now he's getting that attention and he's getting put in his place. Matty, like you hit mate. What's what's been one for you? What's been your major storyline that you've really enjoyed this season? Look, you know I don't like doing what I'm told, so I've got two, so I'll be quick, and they're both homers. Ben Simmons oh. starting the season really well in six games, and then yep. like having this mystery injury must much like what's happened his whole career like in the six games that he's play played he was really good like you know six and a half points 10.8 rebounds 6.7 assists shooting 52 percent um as a guard and then only playing the six games and yeah just gone yeah i mean he's he's been into his meat pies like, obviously, we all saw the uh, virals this week where him getting absolutely rip-snorted for throwing a 4 and 20 in the oven. So, you know what? I know it's a hyper- I don't think people understand how much we love our meat pies here. Matt, Mick, you're an AFL guy. That's second nature to you. Oh, 100%. Hot dogs, meat pies, a stubby. Why yeah. not? Yeah, that's the... Um, people, yeah, people, it's- well, people forget that he grew up in Melbourne and in Victoria here in Australia, AFL is the number one sport. That's what you do. You go to the footy, yep. you buy yourself a beer, you buy yourself a pie, you kick back, you watch the show. So, yeah, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. No, nothing wrong with that. I just think people enjoy a way of just absolutely trying to rip Ben Simmons apart whenever they get half a chance these days. Maddie, what was your other one, mate? The other one is, I suppose, how bad the Grizzlies were without Ja Morant and how refreshing it's been to see him back and mm-hmm. Scoring 25.6 points a night and 8.3 assists and just going, yeah, then going five and three, beating good teams along the way. Um, and, um, yeah, just honestly, the whole season's turned around. But I'm, I suppose the question mark is where do they go from here? I don't know if they can make the play-in tournament when they were 19 and six. Well, I think this goes into I'm, – I'm going to answer this one because I've got another question for McDell because I know in our chat we were talking off before the show. Mate, It's he's looked great. I even heard Doc Rivers yesterday on the podcast with the Grizzlies versus the Lakers saying how much more improved his three-point shot, shot looked. Marcus Smart played a hell of a game. I'm really happy that Marcus Smart has another guard to work with there. But, Mick, one of the other things you ha- wanted to touch on is this one, is pretty much what this one to the – it happened to the Lakers in their last run. You, you're really intrigued by these guys going from in-season tournament darlings to stinking up the place. Yeah, they've been terrible. And I'm a really big fan, so hate it, for those of you that don't you get can say fuck the Lakers. Of, you, can, you, can, you can say fuck the Lakers and make yeah, Skippy happy. No, I, you I can do really, it. Yeah, I don't really want to say that because I hate the fact that Darvin Ham is coming out and blaming injuries for why they are who they are. So he's the one that's played with the lineups. He's the one that's made them the worst efficiency-wise on offense in the league. He's taken the likes of D'Angelo Russell, these guys, out of the starting lineup, playing LeBron James alongside Cam Reddish, Jared Vanderbilt, 
Torian Prince, Anthony Davis. Yeah, that's awesome defensively, but outside of LeBron, who creates for themselves in that? No one, really, do they? Cam Reddish tries, but he's fucking shit when it comes to offense. And then Anthony Davis, yeah, yeah, he's all right in the post, but my man, you've got to sort it out there, Mr. Darvin Ham. And look, I think he's a hot candidate to lose his job by the end of the season. Can can I um you you guys know that I'm not a stats man. You guys know that but that team that had a deep playoff run last year has only played three minutes this year together. So that's the yeah, so that's the Jared Vanderbilt, uh, D'Angelo Russell, um, Anthony Davis, LeBron, and I think Reeves. Um, they're yep. just the ones that have been going really well, and we expected to see all those guys play together this year. But Darwin's tinkering. They've had 10 different starting lineups. Man, like, it's, it's I don't a, know. It's a mess. Bad coaching. Look, you blokes have played competitive sport before. How much better is your team when you develop chemistry? Yeah. It's, and this is speaks for itself. And, and but this is the thing as well. I don't understand. They brought in adults in the room, apart from maybe Christian Wood and Cam Reddish, as the young blokes. Rui Ruhachimura and Jared Vanderbilt fit, fit like they were. They fitted like gloves into this squad that went deep in the playoffs. And apart from the Nuggets, I would say they were the, probably the other best team in the NBA. Like we do forget how close the close those games with the Nuggets were. The only team to take a game from them, apart from Phoenix and an absolute blinder, which entails Devin Booker and Kevin Durant to score like 85 points each a night to even come close to it. The Timberwolves took a game because they were great. And we've all seen how good the Timberwolves have been this year. So if you still put that in the bow, it just doesn't make any sense at times. And you can definitely tell there's friction. And, and Matty hit on the head. Last night, there was this play where LeBron James, one of the best passers in the NBA, 20 years of acumen on the belt, he was trying to take Marcus Smart one-on-one down in the post to try and get them back in when the game tilted and missed out a wide-open pass straight to Jared Vanderbilt who was standing underneath the rim going, I'm, I'm like, here, I can dunk, and there's no one around me. And I just there's something going on in Lakerland, and I don't like it. And I want to see some consistency out of him because I'm a, I'm a, Lebr- I'm a LeBron James fan. LeBron James. I love it. Um, boys, this is the big one for the night. Starting five. I asked you each to be like, who is your favorite five? Like, who is your starting five? Not even in a redraft, but who is the five guys that have impressed you? And Mick, uh, Matrix, we'll start off with yours, mate, because I've asked Mick it the first last couple of questions. Maddie, this is what you wanted to share with us. You put this in chat. This is your starting five. Take us through them, big dog. Mate, well, it's Tyrese Maxey, um, and it's probably just that I've enjoyed watching Anthony Davis so much that I had to pick somebody from this Philly team. Uh, Maxey has been phenomenal. He's been one of the leaders on the court. Um, we expected him to make a jump when James Harden uh, left, but I didn't expect him to be this good, um, to be completely honest. like He's just been Absolutely phenomenal, like 26 points a night, um, nearly four rebounds a game, six and a half assists, shooting 45%, which, you know, you think of that as a guard, but he jacks up a lot of shots as well. Um, yeah, I just really like what I've seen from Tyrese Maxey this year. My take us through the rest of it, mate. Um, I can't see it at the moment because you've changed the um, – you've changed oh, yeah, the I put it on you as a focus. Um, <laughs> I put it on as a focus. <laughs> Um, Trey Young, I, um, I've really enjoyed watching Trey Young this year, more from an assist standpoint. Um, his assists have been 
just behind Tyrese Halliburton as the leader of assists, but he's still scoring 27 points a night, um, 11 assists per game. Um, Atlanta looked good when Trey Young's doing well. Uh, they look pretty ordinary when he's not cooking. Um, that to me is somebody that, yeah, you, you need to have on your team and Atlanta as a whole need him to play well. So, Yeah, um, and Kawhi's made your list as well, mate. Yeah, in the preseason, um, Kawhi Leonard, and it was pointed out by Mick actually, um, that he hasn't been as injury-ridden as the narrative sort of says. And I nearly didn't select him because he's just been injured and that's been fresh in my mind for the last couple. And then I looked and, yes, it did go over a couple of weeks, but it was only four games or four or five games, I think. And he's had 24 points, six rebounds, 3.5 assists, 1.6 steals. Where I was taking him in drafts, I've been really, really impressed. Um, as the, I think he's been the eighth best player um, from a per-game basis. And, um, yeah, look, that's enough for me to uh, take him where I was. That was like mid-20s, late-20s in some scenarios. So Nice. And um, running out your team, you've got Miles Bridges and Anthony Davis in your forward and centre spots there. What have you liked about those two blokes, mate? Miles Bridges was has exceeded expectations. I was one of those people that did take him. Um, I was I wanted to take Ja Morant, but I didn't want to be you know zero and seven by the time Ja Morant came back. So I settled for Miles Bridges, and I even took him out outside of the top one hundred in some leagues. And he's just returned phenomenal value. Um, like you have a look at just his last game with 20, 28 points five rebounds, two assists. Has it been helped like 42 minutes? He's actually just played 36 minutes a night anyway. Has it been helped by LaMelo being out and it all being a perfect storm? Yes. I'm not one of those people that draft because I like a bloke or I like his values or anything like that. It's fantasy basketball. I'm going to take a guy that's going, um, that's shooting 33% from three, getting 20 points a game, seven rebounds, and I took him outside of the top 100. He's been a real difference maker to all of my teams. 100%, 100%. And AD's just rolling along. Yeah, he's been one of the best in the league. It was hard to look past him. Um, I would have loved to chat about Joel Embiid, and one of us probably will. Um, but where Anthony Davis was taken, even sliding in drafts, um, it's just been terrific value as long as he can stay healthy. And we that's always the question mark with him. But as long as he can stay healthy, um, yeah, he's going to be one of the best. Mick, uh, you'll agree with Matty. It's like you can't draft guys off injury to start the season or finish the season. And two of your blokes, Matty, I've got that quote-unquote injury tag there, but Mickey, they they just return value for you every time when they're not. They've been fantastic, haven't they? Both Kawhi and, and Davis, both leading their teams in not just scoring, but just in general play. Like Davis, I think he's trumping LeBron at the moment, being the leader of the Lakers. Yeah, he's been he's been phenomenal. This is your team, Mickey Dell. This is your starting five, and I had to yes, put your boy there. I had to I had to put your guy on the on the cover of that one for you, mate. Talk us through your starting yeah. five, leading off with the. With the old mate SGA. Yeah, for those of you watching on YouTube and those that are listening on all good listening platforms or audio platforms, we have Scotty Barnes here on my graphic because he is the best basketball player known to man and my love child. <laughs> but anyway, we could talk about that all day. My point guard is SGA. He has been phenomenal this year. 
31.5 points at almost 55% from the field, shooting at just a tick over 34% from three, six boards, six and a half assists, two and a half steals, and 0.7 blocks per game. You see the way that he controls the offense there in Oklahoma City. He is the major reason why they are where they are now and where they've come from two years ago, being a stinking team, you know, playing their ordinary players off the bench to now being one of the premier teams in the NBA. So 100%. for me, it's not just fantasy-wise because he's ranked, I believe it is number eight at the moment, according to Yahoo um, statistics. But just in general play, he's up there for MVP conversation at the moment. Oh, 100%. 100%. Mate, Derek White, you've, you've loved how he's looked in Boston this year. Yeah, and to say that he's been a surprise packet is a bit of an understatement. So Derek White floating around 17 points per game, shooting at 49% from the field, almost 42% from three, which is quite high for him. Uh, four rebounds, 5.2 assists, 1.2 steals, and 1.3 blocks per game. So you're looking at two and a half stocks per game for someone like Derek White. He was projected to be around the 80-90 at the start of the year and has been floating around that 2025 ranking. He's down to 40 at the moment, but he's probably been one of, if not the biggest surprise packets in the NBA this season. Oh, mate, fantasy. 100 percent hand on my heart, McDell. I was I was one of them, Maddie. I think I don't know what you what your thoughts were. I was ready to eat crow on this when Drew Holiday rocked into town. I think we all saw his value going down slightly mm -hmm. from what we expected to him. He was going to be a breakout, and then Drew came to town. We didn't think this, but this has been. Mick, you're, you're spot on to take him, mate. He's phenomenal. But this boy, your next one, your love child, Scotty Barnes. Whew. Hot, hot. Anyway, 21 points per game at 48% from the field. He's improved his three-point percentages out of this world. He's now shooting at 39% from three. Nine rebounds, nearly six assists, 1.5 steals and 1.4 blocks. So you're almost looking at three stocks per game. He started the year really, really hot, averaging nearly three blocks and two steals per game. He was He's cooled off a little bit, but now that OG Ananobi's out of town with the arrival of Quickly and Barrett, that gives him two extra scorers beside him. So I think you'll see his assist numbers improve there. And with Siakam likely out the door, it's his show now. He's been given the keys to the city. I anticipate his rebounds and assists. His field goal percentages may drop a little bit because of the increase in usage, but overall, I'm fairly comfortable in thinking he's going to remain a top 25 fantasy player this season. Yeah, mate, and also big things from Victor Wembanyama. Obviously, he's come on. The news out of San Antonio this week, obviously disappointing that they're going to minutes limit him and not play him occasionally on back-to-backs, but you've just loved seeing the Rook cook. Mate, he's been phenomenal, hasn't he? 19.2 points at 45% from the field. His three-point percentages are down a little bit, but you get that out of nearly every rookie. 29% from three, 10 boards, three assists, 1.2 steals, and 3.2 blocks. This is what well, this is Manute Bowl, Mark Eaton type range when we're talking about blocks per game. And as a rookie, yeah. it's it's just phenomenal. You see, there was a stats or a graphic board out midweek of where his career is right now versus LeBron James. And in almost every category bar, I think it's the three-point percentage and the assists, he's got a better statistic than what LeBron had in his rookie year. So yeah. chalk and cheese when you're talking about heights and builds and all that sort of jazz, but he is going to be the centrepiece of the San Antonio Spurs for his career. They'd be stupid to ever trade him, but, man, he yeah. is a once-in-a-generational talent and currently yeah, sitting really 14th. 
Yeah, he and he is. And it's, it's a damn shame. Is first round value? Yes or no? Next year, Maddie, Mick, hundred percent. People, he's in the first yes. round without a doubt. Yes, maybe. Yes. I I never take a rookie. Um, honestly, I basically never take rookies at all. Uh, in one of my leagues, I took him twenty third because I was excited about watching him, and that was probably one of the picks that I felt the most nervous about. And yeah, it's return value. I don't know if it changes my stance on picking up rookies. I think this is a once in a generational talent. Um, but yeah, he's he's somebody that's impressed. Yeah, yeah he really him has. and Chad Holmgren that are both top mm. twenty five at the moment. That you never really see that out of rookies, do you? No, not at all. Not, not to this level. And you, you've got your boy Domo in there, Sabonis. Yeah, yeah, like the big them. sausage. Love him. Light it and up. especially of, of late, like he was ranked 44 two weeks ago. And now he's crept back into, I think he's 18th now on Yahoo Fantasy Rankings. He's been phenomenal. Five out of his last seven games, triple doubles. He's dishing the rock well, getting plenty of boards, shooting at a good clip. Yeah, he doesn't get you that many uh, defensive stats. But if you're in a triple-double league, he's been phenomenal, to say the least. So since, I'll just reel off some games for you, sorry, before you continue on. Um, no, no, no. Against the Wizards, 28 points, 13 boards, 12 assists. Against the Suns, 28 points, 11 boards, 12 assists. Timberwolves, 17, 10, and 10. Grizzlies, 13, 21, and 12. The Magic, 22 points, 23 boards, 12 assists. And the Raptors, 24 points, 15 boards, 11 assists. This is all in the last two to three weeks. He's been phenomenal. Yeah, he has been, hasn't he? He's just been, I was going to say, at the beginning of the season, like you said, he was slow. To start, and that's mm-hmm. fine. Like all players have a slow one, but we're in a, we're we're actually all in. Uh, shout out to I League and and the ball page and all those guys. We're in one of those leagues where triple doubles is a category, and for a guy who's like drafted, like that's a twenty man league team. So he's never going anywhere that late by any way, shape, and form. He like he's a first round pick, and now you see that he's absolutely done it up, you know, proper there, and he's come back and he's returning that absolutely blistering value and. And for the season, he's just yeah, he's been an absolute workhorse. Sacramento yes, fate's changing the better he is, yes. Yes. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like that's your team. Rounds it out very nicely there with DeMontis Sabonis being your big onto mine. This was my guy. I've got Tyrese Halliburton as my starting point guard, Donovan Mitchell as my shooting guard. I've got Chet Holgren, who you mentioned there, Mickey Dell, as my I guess is my one of my Forwards, I've, got, I've rolled out two power forwards, Chet Holgren, LeBron James, who we mentioned earlier, and Joel Embiid as my center. I've just loved Tyrese Halliburton this season. He has been phenomenal. Like Just seeing the evolution of this guy, he's ranked four on Yahoo, inside the top five on other sites. Currently, he is averaging 12.8 assists on the season, almost 25 points, an elite free throw shooter. The thing that's impressed me the most for him this year for Tyrese Halliburton is he is actually shooting over 500 from the field. So over the season, he's at 503. And these are the kind of numbers that impressed us with guys like SGA last year. When we set our point guard, we can roll them out there and they can get to the cup. They can finish. His three-point shot has improved. Everything's gone up this year. You know, his field goal percentage from 490 to 500. From 870, uh, from 870 last year to 863, just on slightly more attempts. He's gone up to 3.53s a game. He's upped his scoring. He's upped his rebounds. His steals have fallen off from where they were last year. His blocks have gone up, but he's still doing it. He's still doing this level of incredible distribution. <laughs> he's still doing this with the same amount of 2.5 turnovers per game, which I've absolutely loved seeing out of Tyrese. I've loved Donovan Mitchell for a while. I've 
thought he's just one of the best bucket getters in the NBA. Don't tell you why. Returning... <sighs> yeah, she's inside somewhere, and I probably can't tell her <laughs> that one. But what he's what he's been doing, especially with Darius Garland out and finding his chemistry with the team, has been fantastic for the Cleveland Cavaliers. His free throws have been again up on last year. His free his field goal percentage I've been a little bit disappointed with. For threes are down, points are slightly down. But the rebounds have come up, the assists have come up, the steals have gone up again from 1.5 to almost two steals a game, which is fantastic. He's kept the same level of turnovers on the season. But one of the things with Donovan Mitchell was he showed himself as a great defender in college or that he could defend, and he's really just brought that home a lot more during the course of the season this year, and I really like how that's fitted together with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Chet Holgren is uh, holding down my power forward spot. He's just been fun to own. I, I drafted him at a discount thinking that he would – Get some good things from him. I think I picked him up in the third league. Averaging 2.6 like uh, blocks on the season has been fantastic. The 17 points, the eight rebounds almost a game. On great percentages, 540. And again, this is a big, long, young rookie who's just doing wonderful things. Just As you said, he's a centerpiece of the franchise pretty much in OKC. This is what they've been working They've been working towards this kind of team for a long time in Oklahoma City, and it now all just makes sense. And they truly are, I think, one of the the best teams in the West. Like, I think they're a storyline as well. Just the evolution of their draft equity that they've had the last few years, like getting in SGA off that trade, and then capping it with Giddy, and then getting Jalen Williams in, and Chet Holgren having to wait that year. You know, what I mean, like it's just been brilliant. If you think about it, last year they took Chet Holgren and Jalen Williams in one draft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if you, that's we, a, that's we, a great draft. That's a great draft. If, if you're looking at like if your draft scouts out there, get them a race right now, OKC, because like I know he's his first year this year, but these were guys drafted last year, and this is just all they do the back get of that huge. They do, they do get three or more for uh, three or more throws at the dartboards than any other organization at the moment with the way that they've <laughs> um, they've traded. Like they seem to have every draft pick in existence. They do, and it's just you know, they're, and they're hitting it out of the head. Like you could get people wrong. Like I had this with uh, shout out to Brano from Inside Podcast Network today with the news that pretty much every, the Atlanta Hawks will trade their grandmothers to improve their squad at the deadline. And he was like, "We need a wing," and I'm like, "You've you've thrown enough darts at the dartboard right now to be like you've taken Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, DeAndre Hunter's on the blocks now. He's ready to go." You know what I mean? Like you've, you've, they've thrown the dart and they've thought they've hit pretty close a couple times, it just hasn't panned out. Whereas OKC just seems to hit it consistently. I hit it consistently for 20 years. LeBron James, I've just, you've got to give your hats off to the way the man is due. An incre- like the field goal percentage being up this year is something that I didn't expect. His three point shot looks improved. It's still hitting only as many as he was having last year, but even on an increased percentage 25 points a game, seven rebounds, seven assists, 1.5 steals, which is up on his last two years, has been fantastic. Free throws have regressed a little bit like they have the last couple of years in LeBron's, but they've gone up. Yesterday, I think, was a bit of a disaster against the Grizzlies and him missing those ones. But Joel Embiid as well. Matty, you hit it on your head, mate. Just Joel Embiid has been phenomenal this year in fantasy. Uh, Mick, you own, do you own Joel in one league? I do, yep. Yeah. I've got the, uh, Every- the tandem, Joel, Joel Embiid and Maxi in the same team. Yep. Do you ever look at just his line and just kind of like, like chuckle to yourself? Because when I look at a Joel Embiid line, I just go, like the guy's just, and I just, I, I, it's phenomenal. I think what he's doing. Like I just pull it up. I know he's at Maddie. I know that you own him as well. The last two games, there's a triple double in there, thirty and ten consistently every game. 
his free throws are elite 50 point games 40 point games 14 rebounds six assists two block mm-hmm. shots he's doing the defense he's getting a, a turnovers are down i know he had the seven turnover game a few whiles back but this is increased points increased threes increased field goal percentage yeah sorry increased free throw percentage on last year increased assists and increased block shots he's just looked phenomenal i mean he won the mvp last year many states should have gone to Jokic. But look, this is a red hot go. Why he is an MVP candidate every year? How interesting is it that with our three teams, none of us have picked Jokic in our All Star team? Yeah, I recency bias. Mm. Yeah, recency bias, one hundred percent. But it's also, I think, that we're just giving guys their due. Like you picked Anthony Davis, Maddie. People will leave him off because of the injuries, but he's been phenomenal this season. Like and like, Mick, you had a shot. As an analyst, I get more impressed with somebody I took at 80 that's the 50th guy than, like, the fact that you take Jokic at one and he's the third best player or you take Joel Embiid at two and he's the second best player. Like, I did, drafting Joel Embiid, expect this. It's just the concern is only that you draft someone at number two expecting this and he goes down with an injury or, like, it didn't work once Harden went or something like that. Um, it just goes to show that it doesn't matter who Joel Embiid plays with. Yeah, he's very good. He's very, very good at basketball. And I guess that's the MVP. That brings us to our MVP candidate, like our candidates. Who is your MVP this year, Mick? Like who, in, in, a, in a pinch, who is your current MVP? SGA. Yeah, good pick. Yep. Maddie, what about, what about you? Um, it's hmm. he'll probably Jokic. Um, I think that he can cool... Yeah down at points throughout the season and coast a little bit. Um, but he's earned that luxury. They've won the championship now. Um, he can coast and let, you know, blokes like Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon at times. He had a, he had 14 points in the last quarter last game and looked phenomenal and cooked and just too big, too strong. Um, but the fact that he can chill out for a few games, take six or seven shots in a game, and then just absolutely light it up when necessary. That 40-footer that he hit last game was like nuts. Was cash. Yeah. 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 yeah, it was Didn't stupid. call bank. I, I, didn't call bank. Uh, Charles Barkley, I'd like to see calling him out on that one. Mickey, I'm going to yeah. say Tyrese Halliburton for me because I put him in my five. Yep. Mick, are you of the same mind with SGA for you? It's because you see a guy just step in who you're not used to or who you want to see good things from. And then they step up as that leader and they lead their team to an improved level of success like they haven't done before. That gives yep. you the – is that what gets SGA over the line for you? 100%. 100%. So we saw when when Derek Rose won the MVP, it's a similar trajectory. Bulls are pretty ordinary. He all of a sudden explodes on the scene. Yeah, LeBron had better stats than him that season, but the Bulls were a better team, hence why he won. Oklahoma City, yeah, they're on the rise last year, but now they're a really prominent basketball team. And with his stats, what's he averaging? Two and a half steals per game at over yeah, 31 yeah. points per game. Yeah, he's he's definitely the leading candidate for me. Yeah. Mate, rookie of the year, I think we're all going to be split in this one. And I know that we had, we, we, like Chet and Victor are down the line. Who do we look, Who do we think is going to win it at the end of the day? Uh, who will win it? Who do you like for, MB, uh, for rookie of the year right now, boys? Matty? I think Victor will win it. But if I was voting today it would actually be chet holgram um it's it's hard when i see 
a guy that's on the second worst team in the league to give him too many props. Um, he's been great. I don't think his supporting cast is as good as Chet Holgram's. Um, but yeah, I think that wins should come into account. And Chet Holgram mm-hmm. has come off this big injury. He's shooting 54%, um, getting 2.6 blocks a game, um, 17 points. Looks great. Looks like he can play in a system that's not all about him. Um, I yeah. love Chad Holgram. Mickey? That's cute. I love him too. But oh. I, I don't need to go into it why, but Chet Holgram for me. I think especially now that uh, Big Vic is now on a minutes restriction, so we're not going to be able to see the maximum value out of him and that they're just going to ride him into eventually sitting him out for the year. I want to throw a special shout-out to two rookies who I think, not especially this season, but our season's moving forward, that they will be very predominant fantasy basketball players, and that is Jamie Jacques Jr. from oh, the Miami fantastic. Heat. He's been fantastic. Most, most, and, valu- most valuable player for the Miami Heat by far, 100%. Yep, yep. And also, if Golden State starts sitting the likes of Clay and Draymond and Chris Paul's hurt now, if they focus on the youth movement, Brandon Podziemski is going to be one serious fantasy player for us. Yeah, Pod's been great, mate. And I know you dropped him in one of our leagues today, Mick. And I know it would have broken your heart because how much, like, I know how you love your, your like, 2K guys, just your big athletic guys. You dropped a Sar Thompson today because of the regression mm-hmm. that he's had since OJ Bogdanovich came back. But let's give him his props because he started off the season. And we, we were moving him down to the 100s, and he came off as a top 25 guy to start the year off. He just couldn't keep it sustained, everything going on in Detroit. Like, maybe if there's a trade there, it comes back. But I know that, Mickey, you dropped him, and you've loved him also. When he first came out, you were just, like, yeah. going, oh, Jesus, like, this is this guy. Yeah, he, was, like, what- he was phenomenal. But, yeah, yeah, I credit that some to the rookie drop-off, which all rookies yep. hit a wall at some stage. But yep. it's just shit coaching on their behalf. And just there's no continuity. It's just it's a shit show there in Detroit. And... Even like I was holding him thinking that come the trade deadline, it may get better, but they've come out and said they're going to hold on to Bogdanovich. What other pieces have they got to trade? I, like, I don't know. This I'm is, sure is going to be them for the better. season. Yeah, I, I think it could Awful. be, but if, if it, it is, it, it truly is. Um, I guess I'm going to I'll roll with Chet as well. Most improved though, we've got, we've got to give some flowers to some guys who've just really shown up this season. And you said guys have popped up and really like read their head is fantastic. One of one of my guys is Bogdan Bogdanovich. I think he has been most improved this season. He's had to step up in Atlanta this year. He's been phenomenal. He's a six man of the year candidate. Like I wish there was a line I could find on betting somewhere to throw some cash on that one because he has just been an incredible asset in there. But there's also another Atlanta Hawk that people want to keep their eyes on. Yeah, Jalen Johnson. For anyone that listened to our NBA pod that uh, the Supercoach Brain and I did in September, we tipped a breakout season for Jalen Johnson, and sure enough, he has been phenomenal. Even with, what was it, he had four weeks out with that uh, break that he had, but now he's just like he's flying around. He's getting double-digit rebounds. He can shoot the rock. His defense is awesome. I anticipate him being a top 60 player by season's end. Oh, I think top 50. I, I'm right there with you. I see him definitely moving down there. He's been, he's been brilliant for Atlanta. And they've come out today and said that he's like one of the two pieces we've traded. They're looking to rebuild around. Capella's gone, DeJounte, Hunter, whoever they want to ship out, they'll ship out. And they could very well just rebuild around those two blokes. Matty, who's been your most improved of the year, mate? Um, look, I like to do a bit more of a deep dive into some guy that was basically undrafted this year, and it's Kobe White. Um, he shot it at 
44%, 18 points per game, um, four and a half assists, uh, five rebounds. Um, his turnovers have been good for a point guard playing 35 minutes a night in an ordinary Chicago team. Um, being a fantasy podcast, he's been a fantasy MVP. He's somebody that if you fucked up somewhere and you got him off the waiver wire early enough, um, he's going to be a season-long keeper. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. And I and I and I said this as well. I picked him up in one league, and I dropped him in a league. I dropped him in the uh, Insight B League because I needed to. I, I took the Anthony Melton because I wanted some more. I wanted decent percentages and I wanted some more defensive stats. And I said, I said it on the pod as well, Maddie. I think you were there with me, or uh, Mally was. I'm like, the second that I do this, it's my curse with Kobe White because every single time that I ever drop the bloke, a week later someone picks him up and he just turns into the best player in NBA. And he and he certainly has. And I've loved that one. Guys, those are the main questions. Matty, you were talking all-star teams for the year. What do you think about the all-star? Tell us about that, mate. Yeah, look, um, I don't know if you ended up getting the graphic up, but um, just having a look at the votes at the moment, I just wanted to have a bit of a chat about uh, whether, you know, you guys were disappointed in anything, the way that these votes have come back. Um, You've been impressed with um, with, with the way that everybody's voted. of course, you always expect your LeBron James and your Giannis Antetokounmpo's and your Embiid's and your Tatum's, those big market guys um, get their flowers. But I really like the fact that leading the guards in the East is Tyrese Halliburton. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder yeah. if it is a little bit of the um, in-season tournament effect. Um, Indiana haven't played like a primetime game like for years, basically, before the in-season tournament. Um, everybody enjoyed – he didn't have the best game that game, but everybody's enjoyed watching these guys. Yeah, so um, in the Western Conference front court, you've got LeBron and KD, probably to be expected with Denver being a smaller market team. Um, in the Eastern Conference, you've got Giannis and Joel. In the Western Conference guards, you've got Luca and Steph Curry, and you've got Tyrese and Lillard. One thing I wanted to mention is – Think about how excited we were talking about Victor Wembanyama and Chet Holgram all year, and have a look at that. Alperin Shengun has Shinny. more votes than Victor Wembanyama, Chet Holgram, and Carl Anthony Towns. That amazes me. And there's one bloke that's not on this list that should be, and that's Devin Booker. How the fuck does Austin Reeves have more votes than Devin Booker? Really, see interesting to see the Boston friends come out for Drew Holiday getting a look over there in the guards. He's been fantastic this year. Mate, Tyrese Halliburton leading the way there is huge. I, I didn't expect to see LeBron be up the top like he used to be, to be honest. I didn't expect that at all. I, I thought know, he was there. I, I don't know. They just People just come out and vote for him. Like, um, he's the GOAT. He's going to be there regardless. Um, like, he's, he's the like, – if you yeah. have tickets to an all-star game, it's – Watching LeBron and some of these other guys that you'll remember, it's not yeah. watching, you, you know, it's not watching Derek White make it right at the end because he's having a really good season. It's probably in 10 years' time, we're probably not even singing the praises of people like Donovan Mitchell or anyone like that. Tyrese Maxey, it's going there watching LeBron, Kevin Durant, Nikola Jokic, Giannis, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, Lucas, Steph, and Shay. Um, Tyrese Lillard, Trey Young, yeah, probably those guys. To be honest, yeah, hundred percent. Mick, do you think any other noticeable absentees from that mate? Kevin Durant, or surprise, 
Kevin Durant. Oh, he's yeah. number two, isn't he? Yeah, no, he's number two. Um, no, not really. Just the Devin Booker one really throws me, given that like he's been averaging almost ten assists and twenty something points over there at Phoenix, and yeah. yeah, Clay Thompson hasn't had the best year yet. He's number nine there. Austin Reeves playing off the bench all season at number ten. Uh, Darren Fox, he's had a really nice season. John Morant's played what a handful of games. He's at number seven. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's funny how the All Star voting system works, but. You're right, Maddie. when you're talking about LeBron James being number one and him having that many votes because you remember back, what, 20 years ago when Michael Jordan was at Washington and, yeah, he wasn't the best player in the world but at that stage, being a 40-year-old, but it's Michael Jordan. Everyone's going to go watch and we still talk yeah. about how great that man was and, you know, his turnaround jump shots from the mid-range and that. Like, he was just awesome. It's the same for LeBron here. Yeah, he's a top 25 player in the NBA still, but to say that you've been to an all-star game, you've seen LeBron James play basketball one more time. Like he's probably only got two years left in him max, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah that's the way it's going to work. You know, you know, there's I, no Kawhi Leonard there. So James Harden there, is there. Is it fine? I know he is Kawhi's, Kawhi. Yeah, Kawhi's in the front court. They're, they've got him in the front court. Scene oh, yeah. As the yeah, fifth overall. Yeah, cool. my, my big yeah, ones are yeah. actually more from the East. I was curious why guys yeah. like Jared Allen and Nick Claxton couldn't get a run. In that team, because you know, I Bridges like at number seven. As this he's is been, what I'm saying in the front court team. He's not I'm even top six in value at the moment. No, nah, Kyle Kuzma, Bankero, but that's I, I, that was I think my biggest omissions to see one of those guys like Jared Allen, who's you know just been phenomenal really to really help boy that team in Cleveland to get him a look or Nick Claxton, who's probably been a a major centerpiece over there. But I know that you love the guy Jamal Murray. You know, he's not getting a vote over in the West as well. I was a little bit surprised by with Austin Reeves getting it with how inconsistent he's been this year. But, yeah, yeah it's the all-star game. And, again, we, we the top votes come off of that and then it comes all to coaches and player voting from here. So I think that the, the, course, the, the course shall be corrected, one would think. One would think, yes. Guys, thanks That's so like much. A, do you, just before you move on, remember that yeah, year mate. that Zaza Pachulia was in the votes? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The home country he, votes. He That's why Shengu. The home country he votes. Was, he was like five points, five assists, four rebounds, or whatever it was. And the man was like third overall in voting. That's yeah, what it was. Yeah, comparable to. Yeah. I, it is. And I it's actually very love that. I voted you for do? him that year because I thought it was hilarious. Uh-uh. I um, I love how they do that for the years. But I know there's a, what was it? Like the government spent some of their marketing budget. That year or so, it's yeah. one of the kind. One, I think their gov- his gov- his national government spent some marketing budget on getting people or reimbursing them to vote for Zaza Pachulia as as the guy. So I thought that was fantastic, guys. That's that's done here. It's going back. It's eleven point game. Milwaukee and the Milwaukee and the Rockets. Fourth quarter, six minutes left on a Sunday afternoon in Australia. Thanks so much. This has been the halftime report from Inside NBA. Make sure you like and subscribe to all the things. A bit of a special one-off. Big shout out to our sponsors, to Standard Squeeze. Mickey is on the hat right now. Make sure you check out all their apparel online and use our promo code Insight to get you ten percent. Uh, if it's not ten percent, what am I talking about? It's fifteen percent off. You've got and the to code Insight fifteen. It's inside 15. You don't want to forget about that one. It's inside 15. Make sure you use that promo code and get all your needs from them. Shout out to as well to Bonus Bank for bringing it to us as they do. It's one of Australia's very best side hustles. If you're into your betting across multiple sites, these guys give you the best inside track to get the best inside odds. 
back in your hand. Use promo code INSIGHT for $25 off your 25% off your first month subscription. And we'll see you soon, folks. Take care. See ya.